and welcome to the Overrated Podcast. My name is Ty Miller, and I'm joined by my East Coast brother, Dynasty Frank. What's going on, man? What's going on, Ty? How's it going, bro? It's it's good. It's good. We uh, we got something good going here. Uh, on the show, we want to keep things light and fun, and this episode will be no different. But, Even though uh, the topic isn't really uh, yeah. light I mean, and it's, fun. But it could right. be. So one of my favorite things to do is to delve into a topic that I'm unfamiliar with and maybe see what I can learn. You ready, Frank? I'm ready. Let's do this. The topic we're going to be discussing on tonight's show is stem cells. But before we introduce our guest, I want you to all imagine a world in which many of the diseases we think of as terminal or chronic are curable. Cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and a long list of other brutal diseases that have plagued our ancestors and families can simply be reversed or prevented. And that is where this guy comes in. This is Dr. Mike. What's up, Mike? Nothing yeah. as light as and airy quite as uh, cancer. So, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing right, as fun like cancer. <laughs> <laughs> how do you spell cancer? No, how do you spell fun? C-A-N-C-E-R. That's how you spell it. I guess your next guest is going to be a dog kicker. To be, uh, uh, a mortician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, give us some background, man. What do you, what do you, uh, what do, you do here? So uh, I'm on the tail end in the writing process for my PhD in cell and developmental biology. I work mostly with what are called induced pluripotent stem cells. Uh, my specific job has been differentiating them to a specific endpoint. In my case, it's motor neurons. And short term, it's good for modeling disease. Long term, we could kind of talk about transplantation and things like that for uh, the types of diseases like uh Lou Gehrig's disease, where you lose neurons and motor function. Hmm. Okay. okay. Now, uh, Dr. Mike, could you uh, repeat that in English, please? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you do a lot of things, a I lot of important with- things with a lot of important <laughs> cells, stem cells, correct? Yeah, people do. That's <laughs> people do. People do. <laughs> yeah, so stem cells. I mean, this is kind of a, a little... I don't know, taboo on, on some ends, right? It's a little controversial because people are worried about the ethics behind it. So, I mean, like, give us some background on from your angle on this. Sure. I think most of the controversy is surrounding, uh, when we first started, we worked with embryonic stem cells. Mm-hmm. And those are the types of cells you get from fertilized eggs. Uh, the, the controversy therein is the fact that you are terminating a uh, fertilized egg. Mm-hmm. So depending on your personal definition of life, which you know depends on who you ask, if it begins at conception, then you're terminating a life. The really neat thing is that as of 2009, I believe, there's this thing called induced pluripotent stem cells, and that's what I work with. So I don't actually work with embryos that have been terminated. I work with adult cells. Oh, mm-hmm. Specifically, I work with uh, the starting point is foreskin. So that's a little. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh at your field there, but that is yeah, that's right. Great. Yeah. You work with well, skin, okay? I don't actually see them. You know, I'm not oh. the one taking them off, but <laughs> it's it's basically you have this the source of cells that are basically previously garbage, and you're uh-huh. taking those and through treating them with viruses, you convert them to behave as stem cells. I was just so about be- to ask you that, Doctor Mike. That's the you said the induced pluripotent stem cells, yeah. correct? Right. And now, how how long? So, like, you basically you manipulate the stem cell with with viruses to make it act like uh, to, to to make it forget its function, basically, or 
So part of the really neat thing about the induced pluripotent stem cells is it uh, before that, you kind of think of development as a one-way street. You go from uh, undifferentiated embryo to more specific cells and things right. like that. And everyone kind of thought that's, you know, once you make that decision, you head down that way and that's what you are. Hmm. We can actually convert cells to other types of cells, uh, not even just to stem cells, but also between different types of cells. So we can actually turn a skin cell into a neuron with the right combination of transcription factors, which are and, basically and that's forever, is. right? And it's it's not like it, it'll turn back to its original <laughs> stem cell or, or a cell, correct? Right. Once it gets converted, it's basically as stable as any other type of adult cell, and it'll it's reproduce and everything. You know, as as far as split and divide into more of that type of cell. It depends. As, as cells become completely mature, they go through uh, what's called mitotic arrest. So at that point, once they're fully differentiated, they don't divide anymore. They're kind of committed and okay. they exert all their effort to whatever specific function that is and they don't uh, multiply anymore. Stem cells come in different flavors. Okay. Uh, basically, it depends on Once how... foreskin... Yeah. Flav- you you deal with the flavor, flavor of foreskin. foreskin. Yeah, it's a little chewy, but no. <laughs> <They're>, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we have basically levels of stem cells to determine how powerful they are for their purpose of basically becoming any type of cell. Mm-hmm. So at, at the very top of the food chain, the most powerful cell, the ones you get from uh, embryos, they're called totipotent. So they can become basically anything. They can mm-hmm. turn into any part of the human. They can turn into even placental material. Wow. Uh, the next step down is what I work with. That's the pluripotent. So they can become any part of the human body. The only difference is the uh, the kind of step down is that they can't be placental material, which hmm. for our purposes isn't a big deal. Right. And then it kind of goes down from there. You think of like bone marrow. Uh, they're multipotent. So they've already differentiated a little bit. They can become different types of whether it be blood or immune cells, but they couldn't become some types of neurons uh, unless they were in very specific conditions. So it's kind of at the level of commitment than what they're able to become. And you said, you said you, you manipulate these cells by with viruses, you affect them with viruses. What kind of, right. like, what kind of viruses are we talking about? The good kind. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ebola. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny you say that, but the oh. types of viruses that I use, they're not Ebola, oh, right. but okay. I, actually use the parts of the HIV virus because it's one of those viruses that's really good at what it does. Mm. So we've basically broken down its parts and borrowed them for our purposes. Basically using its mechanisms, we construct a virus that basically makes our thing of interest. Mm. So with our viruses that we make, we basically throw in all the parts together. A lot of it's not... uh, as complicated as it sounds, it's not like I'm in there with micro tweezers and actually, you know, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm picturing like you in the, in the movies and like that, that big hazmat suit and like walking like, yeah. a big, like you're on the, on the moon and yeah. you just got, you put your arms into that, you know, that see-through box and you're like, everybody stand back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, what I'm luckily, picturing. But yeah, they're, they're pretty safe. Actually. We're only using the specific parts that we want. So we don't have kind of, HIV running around. Right. The only way that it's actually dangerous is if you are HIV positive, it can kind of tag along with what's already in your body. Oh man! So we kind of make sure that anyone working with this isn't HIV positive before they start, because then it becomes dangerous. Right. <laughs> right. But uh, 
as it is, it's pretty harmless. I could drink it if I wanted to. It'd be dumb, but <laughs> that'd be a yeah. Hell of why a party would you joke. don't don't do that, Doctor Mike? <laughs> no, please I, I don't don't do that unless unless there's a bet. You know, if you get double dared, then you oh, then you have to. I said the triple dog dare, then forget yeah. it. You have to. It's I mean, lab lab rules. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That that's funny. You mentioned uh, the HIV because I think I saw a Viceland um special that they're treating leukemia with this HIV, but they're taking out the negative. I don't. I mean, again. So that's probably exactly what we're doing. They're called lentiviruses. So they're basically, we take the parts that we like that are able to basically invade cells Mm -hmm. and kind of multiply and pump out whatever we want. And we put in whatever we actually want to create. And it does a really good job of kind of getting in that cell and pumping out what we want it to. That's amazing. That is amazing. So, now, so what is your primary? I'm sorry, Frank. What is no. like? What are you working on mainly? Is it just uh, in a, a petri dish? Or are you working on mice? Or are you working on people? I mean, how? Do, what is your field there? Sure, I'm kind of in the basic science end of things, where we're not going into uh, animals okay. yet. For now, it's all kind of cellular work. So, if you don't have a microscope, you can't really see what you're doing. Uh, it's a lot of. Uh, <laughs> kind of trusting the process. Uh, you can see the cells kind of with your naked eye, but they're pretty small. You kind of need a microscope to see what's going on. So you um, can really just down- dick around at work and your boss wouldn't know that you're not doing anything for a little while? <laughs> it, well, probably. Not that oh. I have, of course. Well, are you the boss? Are you? Do you run the department or are you part of a, a team? I'm part of a lab. So I'm actually part of a fellowship program. So I have my own uh, source of money, which is, I guess, kind of unique for PhD students. Most of them are kind of at the behest of their lab. The uh, the guy in charge of their lab tells them what to do. Mm. But since I don't have to rely on him for money, I can do kind of what I want within reason. Oh, so you're rich. Good for you. Yeah, that's buddy. nice. Good for you. It's nice to have money. Oh, yeah. Huh? Hey, we're looking yeah. for a sponsor here at the Overrated Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love stem cells, bro. Yeah. We love stem cells, foreskin stem cells. We're all about it. <laughs> Dr. Mike? Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of the money is kind of, uh, they don't let you do what you want with it. So there's not a hot tub in the lab. Oh. We kind of uh. have to buy supplies, which is lame. <laughs> but, lame. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I, I was going to ask you the big, uh, like, does big, big pharma, uh, like, fund this type of stuff? <laughs> and that's, I was going to ask you that. No, go ahead. They have, uh, I worked in pharma biotech before I started my program. So I've been on the inside and, you know, for whatever evil they think it is, I've been there. So I guess I'm a villain. <laughs> right. And they don't pressure you into doing like, you know, stuff. They, they just let you do your, like, they let you do your work. They don't like, uh, basically they don't guide your research. They just give you, they fund your department or specific department and let you guys do your job. Correct. Well, I'm actually in academia. So my money okay. comes from the national Institute of health. Gotcha. So it's all basically blind money. They don't right. have any say. They they uh, awarded based on merit, and they hmm. kind of give you the money and step away. With the kind of research when you're working in biotech or pharma, it's much more restrictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have budgets they need to worry about. Everything gets very kind of what have you been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, where's your project going? Do we kill this project? Are you fired? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> right, it's, right. it's a little less freedom there. So how but, do uh, politics play into this then? I mean, with uh, as presidents change, I mean, is there some yeah. some worry in your field? Oh, yeah, there's always worry. I mean, as much as we kind of transition a lot of the work away from the kind of taboo field of working with embryos, mm-hmm. there's 
there's still a good number of labs that are doing uh, that kind of work. And, you know, when you have these cell lines that haven't been around that long, again, it's technology that's less than 10 years old. Hmm. Uh, we still need to, every once in a while, have a way to make sure that we have what we think we do. And the only way to do that is to actually have access to those embryonic stem cells and verify that they're behaving the same way. Oh. So, mm. you know, if, if you move completely away from them, it's easy to kind of not have that side-by-side comparison if you need it. Now, yeah, you, but, you, are you restricted by that 14-day window? Something about a stem cell, it could only be around 14 days before you have to destroy it, an embryonic stem cell? No, nothing like that. Uh, okay. I haven't. With anything that I work with, we our lab is transitioned completely away from those. So we're completely okay. doing what we want uh, right, right. as far as not being bothered with uh, any yeah, kind of controversy. The little research <laughs> that I was doing, <laughs> the primitive streak came up on um, uh, as the main reason for this 14-day federal law. Uh, yeah, so when the embryo is actually developing, we're, we're the point at which you're taking those cells and harvesting them, it's not like a, a fetus. It's just a collection of cells. You're at right. kind of a clump of cell state. So it's mm-hmm. not even recognizable. And I think what you were reading was probably once you have a primitive streak, there's, I guess, an arbitrary designation that now you have yes. this beginning of a fetus. So right. now it's recognizable as human and it's no longer ethical to harvest the cells. Right. And the average day or oh, the average time for this primitive streak to appear or show itself on the stem cell is 14 days so they just use this 14 day i don't know yeah. if you if you were you know bound by that or not but you're no. using something else no we i haven't really participated in the harvesting part we usually kind of get them from other sources so gotcha. by the time i get them they're just cells and vials <laughs> right <laughs> so so i did kind of tease it and it's you know just like frank i'm obviously no doctor i'm no expert here but just reading about this stuff it seems like the stem cells what you were saying like you can uh, basically for lack of a better word code them to do what you want um you can make them different tissues uh like a, a heart heart cells uh something like that correct i mean you said you can make neurons essentially so if there's damage stem cells can just uh, basically be injected is that essentially how it works and then they can heal yeah the good thing with the pluripotent stem cells is they can become any type of cell so any type of cell in your body brain heart muscle whatever it can become that and there's been a lot of research trying to find out the kind of the right recipes for whatever combination of transcription factors the magical kind of elements we put in to turn them to basically become anything, we kind of have our recipes pretty well down. So the downside, why we don't just inject these cells, the way that we used to actually verify that we converted cells to stem cell state was injection into mouse. So we'd take what we uh, kind of thought we had as stem cells and inject them into mice and wait for uh, these nasty tumors called teratomas to form. So mm-hmm. those are the like the monster tumors. If you've ever seen, I guess, some late night surgery channel with like oddities. <laughs> it's, it's literally yes. like a, we've a all tumor. seen that. Yeah, the, right. The, yeah. These are the tumors with like pieces of tooth and hair in them because they basically oh. go crazy because it's stem cells without any kind of message or signal. And they go crazy differentiating into everything. So it's just so, a clump of tissue, basically, that just with a tooth. Yeah, with teeth. <laughs> Right. If we if we let it grow to that point, it would be. And, you know, it it looks like a monster. 
uh, I you should <laughs> sounds you know, like a monster. <laughs> in your free time, when you uh, just ate dinner, you can Google uh, Google image search for teratoma because they're that's what they're called. No, but, God. Uh, no. But the, the short, <laughs> it's the not happening. Short of it, yeah. I googled teratoma. <laughs> <laughs> it looks they look fake, dude. I mean, it looks like gums with oh my god. There's like one with like a curly Q piece of hair with yeah. a whole row of teeth. Wait, wait, and that's a that's a mouse. It's no, that's mouse. actually that because we oh. inject with human cells. It's actually human body parts. <laughs> wait, you turn the mouse into a human body part? <laughs> we just ha- have a, a clump of human body parts. So I'm going to call you evil, Doctor Mike. Now, <laughs> like the whole, evil yeah, Doctor I mean, Mike. <laughs> we we do kind of uh, we sac- sacrifice the mouse and take those out before they become these horrible monsters. Wow. Uh, so what happens like if you let it, it like grow? This mouse is going. This mouse is going to be like. I could tell, like a horror movie. Pretty much, they already look pretty horrific. <laughs> I'm sure Ty can tell you. <laughs> Googled it, so I just want to throw up right now. I'm going to tweet uh, it out from the account. <clears throat> oh, man. So the whole point of you know the fact that you inject these cells and they become horrific tumors means that even <laughs> after we kind of differentiate to our endpoint, whatever kind of cell type we really want at the end, it's really hard to guarantee that there aren't any undifferentiated stem cells kind of lying around in the dish somewhere. So aside from you can, there's cell sorting machines and things like that, but all it takes is a couple of stray cells that are undifferentiated. And you're talking about injecting potentially what could be causing a tumor. So it's like the fly, basically, like basically that's correct. Stray gets in there and everything goes haywire. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the FDA doesn't like the fact that you can't guarantee you're not going to cause a tumor. So (laughs) I wonder yeah. why. So yeah. they're basically doing their job. <laughs> yeah, I hope right. the FDA doesn't like when you it's guys. About damn time, <laughs> bunch of nerds. Yeah, the FDA sitting around a table going, you know what's not good? I think injecting cancer, causing right. tumors into people's bodies, should be banned. What do you? Yeah. I yeah. all right, it barely passed. The eyes have it. Um, but I see some celebrities like going like to Mexico, like Dan Brazilian, whatever his name is. Great guy, great American. Um, just recently posted on Instagram that like he's getting shots, stem cell shots in his spine. So those are not the pluripotent stem cells I'm talking about. Those okay. are the more when I'm talking about like a, a level down. We have multipotent stem cells. Those are kind of bone marrow type cells. So okay. what he's doing is typically they take some blood and they spin down the the blood sample and they take out some blood stem cells and they inject them. It's basically snake oil at this point because there's no, evidence, oh. there's, there's no evidence that it actually works, which is that's why you a, have to go to Mexico for it. I was about <laughs> to say, are you bashing Mexican doctors right now? That's not cool. Yeah, I am. You got to build a wall. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> Come at me. Yeah, so like when the, the Vikings wide receiver Sidney Rice goes to Europe and gets stem cells injected into his knee, it's not really proven science. Yeah, it's not. And it's... Okay. You know, it's it's not even the. I mean, the real dangerous thing isn't the fact that you might be injecting something that doesn't work because you know who cares? It's an idiot wasting their money. The right. problem is the fact that you have to go to these places because there's not enough oversight. So you're basically going into a lab with someone who has you know specious training. You have no idea what their credentials are. Yeah. They're, they're injecting you with really who knows what because there's yeah. no. It could be saline, right? It could saline. be. Yeah. Why not? If I why would I mean if I'm one of these these spin doctors, why wouldn't I inject these you know Sydney Rice or Dan Brazilian with saline? Because why give them a tumor? You know, yeah, it's, a, like, it's a placebo. Yeah, they just think they're they yeah. Got, 
Well, these cells are pretty safe. They're they're not going to cause tumors because it's basically bone marrow transplants that have been around since the 70s. So it's it's okay. low risk. It's just the fact that you're dealing with a lab that hasn't been inspected probably mm. ever by anyone. <laughs> and you're overpaying for something that isn't proven to work. So it's a lot of it is kind of people wasting their money. <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of sad because you could see like some people, I think I saw... Um, it might have been 2020 or Dateline, where uh, this this family had a, a child that was, uh, I think it was multiple sclerosis. I'm sorry, I can't even say the word. Uh, MS. Yeah. And yeah. they have this this doctor in Mexico, even though he's from Arizona, but he's got a clinic in Mexico and saying yeah. that he could, he could basically cure their child with the stem cell injections and mm. and they can't. And you and these 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 doctors, air quotes, are um are really like just milking these these poor, you know these poor families because stem cells supposed to be the this cure all. Uh, I, I know Dr. Mike. Right now, it's not this this cure all. But do you think in the future, with oversight and in America, especially or whatever in in the community, that they can cure like the MSs, the the cancers, the uh, Alzheimer's? Can they? You think it's going to happen? I think somewhere down the line, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be kind of wasting a lot of time doing something right. that I thought was just fun to do in a lab. So <laughs> there's, there's you got a sick sense of fun. That, yeah. <laughs> Let's make some tumors in mice. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this now. I'm going to take a picture and put it on Google. Look at this thing, man. It's crazy, man. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the point is we there is kind of a, a direct line of sight to getting these injectable cells that can incorporate within damaged areas. Mm. And there's no reason to believe that it wouldn't work. There's evidence that it does in specific cases, Uh, obviously not with humans because again, it's kind of frowned upon, but with mice, there's a kind of a a running joke around labs where it's, if you have to be reincarnated, come back as a mice, a mouse, because we can cure anything with mice. (laughs) Or you might be turned into a teratoma. Yeah, whatever. Right. You might have a jaw, a monster. (laughs) Yeah, so so basically, you've seen a, a lot of pro, uh, progress within the last ten years. You're saying that like this is fairly new within uh, the last ten years. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, again, we're talking about less than ten years in the world of science is like the blink of an eye mm-hmm. because that's basically baseline verification. Gotcha. We're not even into the the real good stuff yet. So we're mm-hmm. we're still trying to fully understand what we have because again, you want to go slowly and not kind of be one of those stupid sci-fi movies where all the scientists right. are bad guys. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and you and you and you turn us all into zombies. Now stem cells are yeah. gonna be everybody's as long as we're moving zombies. See, I could survive a slow moving zombie apocalypse. The fast <laughs> ones I can't do. The World War Z type zombies, that that's not happening. I'll just give up. But the slow moving zombies, I could do that totally. So like the, the big picture really with what you're doing is I mean, like in in your lifetime, do you feel or our lifetime, it seems like we're all similar age. Do you think, say, in the next 20 years, if we stay on the same path, say funding or whatever doesn't get cut, do you think that we will make enough advances where if someone has a heart attack, you can uh, basically reverse the damage done if they survive? Obviously, I'm optimistic. Yeah, Uh, hopefully. That being being said, yeah, Uh, the drug development process is incredibly long. So we're talking about 10 years from kind of the first beginning trials to when we're on the market. So Anything that kind of shows real promise, you kind of add 10 years to when you'll actually see it. Mm-hmm. So I would wow. I would honestly say we could expect things to be really kind of what we see now in sci-fi 
because a lot of the problem with these diseases is they're more complicated than just kind of throwing cells at them. Right. They have kind of reasons why the cells are dying that we don't fully understand at this point. Uh, it's been especially true with Alzheimer's. It's kind of the uh, the holy grail of mysteries of what's really going wrong because we've attacked it from every angle. You'll see uh, kind of Google failed Alzheimer's medications, and it's a graveyard of things that really seemed <laughs> like they were going to work. Wow. And things that cured Alzheimer's in mice even that kind of don't translate to human. So whatever it is, it's, it's uh, kind of a two-part thing. One, we're developing a new tool, and two, we need to better understand the diseases that we're attacking. Glad you guys are working on this. I know. It seems so <laughs> massive. Like, I, when I come home, I just want to watch TV. Like, you guys got to worry about, like, <laughs> you know, like, there's people dying. And I'm like, all right, what's on, you know, Channel 4? Yeah, there's a football see? game on tonight. Yeah, yeah there's, you know, there's a football <laughs> game on. And you guys are dealing with, I mean, life or death type of stuff, even though you're in the early stages, but what your research and your field can do can literally save lives. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's the hope. You kind of hope that what you're doing plays at least a small part in the giant puzzle piece, because Mm -hmm. it's not not one of those things where it's going to be one guy cured cancer. It's going to be all of these people taking, moving forward that all kind of come together to make this kind of great thing. But look, if, if you do go on to cure cancer, I'm gonna be pretty excited. We had you on the show. I mean, that'd be pretty. Hey, you think no, you could like retweet us <laughs> if you cure cancer? <laughs> the Nobel Prize ceremony. I'll give you a shout out. I yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So, who in your field uh, do you like? There's always like that one doctor or that one professional that's leading the way or spearheading a specific and like making leaps and bounds, or or really just a face of a specific uh, research. That's that's interesting. There's. Uh... You know, honestly, one of the guys that has really made headway was uh, dealing specifically with the kind of developing this process of induced pluripotent stem cells. And I think he won the Nobel maybe a couple of years ago. I forget which year, which is uh, Dr. Yamanaka. He's a uh, he's the guy. I think he splits his time between Tokyo and uh, San Francisco. He sounds, he sounds Japanese. The factors that we use, the viruses, we call them Yamanaka factors because he's the hmm. guy that basically oh, figured wow. the right recipe. Uh, so he's so a rock star in your in your community. He's probably, I mean, he he is responsible for the groundwork. There's a lot of people doing it now. There's right. a lot of really interesting stuff going on, and it's kind of whatever your field is. There's always you know some really cool guy doing something or girl, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Barbie said, "Women can be scientists too." So <laughs> wait, who said that? Yeah, Barbie. The, the Barbie. You know, the one you pull the cord on and says, "Math is hard." <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's Yamanaka. <laughs> yep, that's that's a Simpsons reference. I'm yes. not a uh, chauvinist, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so let's pivot a little bit over to um, something that I was actually reading about a little bit, and that's the best I can do because I have no formal training in that is uh, gene in, editing. In reading. You don't yeah, have any we, formal training in reading, up, Frank. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spoil it for you. He gives the green eggs and ham a try, and he actually likes them. <laughs> so now I don't have to read the whole book. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So gene editing, gene editing. Uh, yeah. So I have some red in my beard. And what mm-hmm. I took away from this is if I wanted to ensure that maybe my children down the line didn't have this possibility, uh, I might be able to remove that trait. Is that is that right? I could do that eventually, maybe? Well, I mean, I think we're all hopeful that we can cure the disease of ginger. Uh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Can you install a soul? <laughs> <laughs> We're still working on the combo for that one. Uh, we need to or put that at the top of the list, yeah. all right? We need to cure gingerism, then cancer. Then get Gingivitis. Within our lifetime, we can do this. No, but for specific traits, we need to be able to identify the gene or responsible for that trait. But if we can, there are ways uh, to target that gene and either disrupt it or replace it with uh, the gene that we want. So I had been using as a tool uh, for a couple years... I was working on something called Talens, which is now, of course, out of style. But it's a, a mechanism by, by which you kind of attack the, the DNA at two ends. And it has kind of built-in uh, molecular scissors, for lack of a better term, just to kind of visualize. Mm-hmm. Where it, That's what it'll, we need. It'll cut, the whole point of it is it identifies specific regions. You kind of program it to say, okay, when you see this combination of nucleotides, you're going to attack and attach and those scissors kind of go to work to pop out the piece of gene uh, and this is when you're in a hazmat actually, suit correct i mean i don't think dangerous <laughs> okay it's it's actually not that dangerous i again we wear gloves so <laughs> so you're good nitro yeah. gloves those yeah. nitro gloves all right so you good that's yeah i prefer latex <laughs> right Nit- nitrile is a little trusty anyway <laughs> <laughs> so hear more about is the kind of next stage technology, uh, which is called CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R. It's uh, sometimes CRISPR-Cas9. That's basically this this new magical revelation where before it was a real pain in the ass to get these kind of molecules to, you have to build them separately, like literally program and add on, and it's expensive and annoying. Uh, <laughs> but with the, the CRISPR, you're basically just uh, putting together a couple of nucleotides, which, you know, you can literally type them in and get it for like 10 cents a nucleotide. It's really cheap. And with that, if you know the sequence that you're targeting, you can kind of throw it in there and approaches, you throw it in there and you attack whatever kind of sequence you're interested in. And, and you can cure gingerism. You could, yeah. Theoretically, you, you can cure gingers. This is great. You yeah. <laughs> Settle down, Frank. Why is this like on every newspaper, like the bold heading, gingers, Look. you know, cured? <laughs> Listen, Cartman. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we can go in there and actually, if we have, we can build our own genes or get, I guess, donor genes if we really wanted to. We don't really need to do that. We can build them, cut the ones that we don't like, which basically makes a nice gap. We throw in the gene that we want. It inserts itself. You know, again, all of this is kind of random. You're not actually like inserting it with tweezers. You're kind of just mixing them up and hoping it finds its way. But you can get it in there and hopefully it integrates and you basically fixed or altered the gene the way you want. So then you can do this with any trait, correct? Or no? Like eye color or as long as you know the the correct uh, combination. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 So within the DNA, you have to kind of understand what part of the DNA is responsible for the trait, mm-hmm. which isn't always easy because it's a lot of the times it's combinatorial. So you have multiple genes that you need to attack, mm-hmm. which gets really complicated if you're talking about like, uh, okay, we need all 10 to hit and we need wow. to gotcha. get all 10 to insert our gene that we're putting in there, which, you know, it gets exponentially less likely with each uh, gene you're adding to the, uh, the list of things you want to attack. The kind of short-term kind of easy that they're first kind of working on with this technology are the ones that have the one gene that's kind of gone awry that you can either fix or replace. Mm-hmm. And I 
last time I checked, I, I again, I'm not a very good scientist, so I don't keep up as much as I should. <laughs> but uh, you should read more on Google, like I, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah if I, it's on Google, it's the truth. Just I usually just wait until Trump says something on Twitter, and then, it's and then the that's how I get my news. But <laughs> <laughs> I think so many China. I've got the best stem cells. Anybody wants stem cells? <laughs> They're amazing stem cells. You're going to get so tired of my stem cells. It, it's just fantastic stem cells. We have the most luxurious stem cells. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to mess? You, you, do you think, Doctor Doctor Mike? Is he going to mess with your uh, with your field, like with funding? You he's, think, or he's going to try? I mean, you the, think so? The consensus with you know, I don't know the people in the NIH personally, but kind of you hear the rumors when you're in the field it's kind of anxious but hopeful i Mm -hmm. guess is the attitude right now where obviously as the kind of platform that he's run on and what he's shown so far Mm -hmm. he's going to try to defund all embryonic stuff would it Uh, scare you i mean that that sounds like something pence would do more pence is worse yeah Yeah. oh yeah but i I think it's kind of you know not to get too deep into politics but i think it's kind of red and blue issues with embryonic stem cells and Mm -hmm. since it's red people in charge it's going to be defunding uh embryonic stem cells would you consider going uh uh, out of country to no i'm quitting science you'd quit science (laughs) no (laughs) but like if you would you go overseas like to europe if uh you got a position to to continue your research if if they can't if they you know defund you it wouldn't affect me directly so i guess that's kind of my selfish relief because i again i work with induced pluripotent stem cells so Mm -hmm. that doesn't any kind of ethical things because again you're getting you're getting that from adults that's not embryonic stem cells i just want to go over right right we're actually we're getting them from babies the kind of uh foreskin foreskin got that so they're adult cells from a baby if that makes sense so as long as they don't (laughs) ban circumcision you're fine yes then we'll be in trouble (laughs) no we basically it works with any kind of uh skin cell so Oh, okay. It just so happens that we have this unlimited supply of garbage kind of skin. Garbage. Where people, <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that when my, my, my daughter was born, we could have paid, uh, I forgot the amount. I think it was like a, a grand, a thousand dollars to uh, freeze her, uh, the umbilical cord. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the doctors and the nurses was like, you know, well, you know, cause in the future, maybe they can use it to help your daughter. I'm like, whoa, whoa like, what are you speaking about? Like, what should I pay you the thousand dollars so I can have this insurance? And then you, you, you know, you hear some people like, no, it's a scam. Don't do that. So I don't know if we did the right thing yeah. or not. With my kids, I didn't. So that maybe yeah. should tell you something. Good. I'm not going to take sure. an official stance, but so, I didn't do it either. The whole <laughs> The whole point is you have with those umbilical cord cells, you have uh, cells that are typed to your kid. So there's not going to be any kind of rejection if Um. there's injection. But again, what we are now discovering is we can take any kind of cell and convert them to the stem cells. So you save a lot of money. (laughs) So you can take any cell and make it a stem cell. Is that what you're saying? You can reverse um, it to a stem cell. Any cell that any cell that hasn't been uh, irreversibly changed, like red blood cells, lose their nucleus. So obviously oh. they can't convert back because they're physically altered. They don't have the DNA in them anymore. There's mm-hmm. no nucleus. Uh, but any adult cell that has the nucleus intact, we can go in there and do some conversion. Some cells work better than others, but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that I just awesome. saw a, a Pew Research put out something talking about, uh, not to get too off track here, but they were saying like if if we could scientifically extend the human life to say 120 years, would you want that? And the majority of people said no. 
And I think they were kind of hmm. why? Why would they, they say no? Well, I think maybe they're thinking like how we look at it now. Like you see a ninety-year-old dude that he just wants to die because he's all wrinkled up yeah. like a raisin. I'm thinking. But, well, I'm thinking like if we get yeah, I if mean, we're not, getting to that point with stem cells or something, like maybe you wouldn't be that bad off, you know? Right. I've seen ninety-year-olds that like run marathons that are are well, active. That's, that's them, you know. Maybe they're eating like crap and they just hate their lives and they're just like, oh, kill me now. But if you take it, <laughs> if you take care of yourself, there's some ninety-year-olds that that are. More, you know, they live a life better than some 40-year-olds. Believe me, I work with some guys. There's some 40-year-olds that I'm like, dude, this guy's going to die any second. I mean, he's eating meatball parms for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And there's some 90-year-olds that are, you know, that can, like I said, yeah, eat salads and uh, and vegan, whatever, even though you shouldn't be vegan. vegan. No, you shouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not even. I wish I could live 120 years. Give me, yeah, give me, the, give me them stem cells. I'll, I'll live yeah, 120 well, years. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a pension, so I'd run out of money eventually. I don't want to live that long. <laughs> well, see, unless you're the guy that cures cancer, and then you won't run out of money. Sure. If we extend life too far, it's just going to. They'll be a lot kill of you. Let's just, just, yeah. <laughs> if if anybody cures cancer, first of all, they're never going to cure cancer. Correct. I mean, are we going to be? I'm I'm that conspiracy uh, theory guy. There's five billion dollars in just cancer research, not even cancer yeah. treatment. I mean, that's a lot of money. People have been killed for less. Uh, so uh, you know, like if you, if you that was, I think you you said that like it was from experience. Right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What <laughs> part of the East Coast are you from, Frank? Uh, Rhode Island, Maine. Oh, okay. No, All right. you can't tell from my accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously I'm from uh, Florida. Um, right, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like, listen, I wish there's going to be, I believe me, cancer has touched just like my family, just like millions of families out there. Yep. Um, I wish, I pray one day that cancer is going to be, all types of cancer is going to get cured. But with these, with big pharma and, and I just, I'm skeptic. I'm a skeptic. You say that like it's a bad thing. Big pharma is one of the few constants that is, pouring money into research right yes. now. Yes. No, no. It comes and goes, but pharma pays. Yeah. So, I, I don't yeah. want to blame big pharma, but somebody's getting this $5 billion. It's a $5 billion industry. and Capitalist, for, man. Yeah. For it to go the, away, the, you know, it's... I just, I hate the the people who say that, you know, we've had the, the cure somewhere and it's like under in a bunker. It's some nonsense. Do you know how much money you would make by having yes. the cure? No, no, you're right. 100%. Way more than <laughs> you would lose. Any company that had the cure would immediately right. market that. Think about it. The vaccine, you're right. A vaccine, you got to get your booster. You got to get your cancer booster. You got this kind of cancer, that kind of cancer. You have like 50 billion types of yeah. cancers. You just keep getting vaccines. I mean, yeah. Hey, listen. Not everything that pharma does is ethical. There are ways to milk money out of a cure. Exactly. I watched a lot of movies, Dr. Mike. I know what they do. (laughs) Did they have Mel Gibson in them? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But um, listen, I hope I hope you guys do break through with this cancer, man. That would be great. Even even Alzheimer's. uh, Knock on wood. I know there's people out there. Knock on wood. We don't none of us have to go through this, but go through that. But I know there's people out there. And they say it's it's heartbreaking to see a loved one deteriorate the way they do. And uh, if stem cells, I mean, every news article we read, every expose, every they keep saying stem cells could be, uh, you know, a break into that. 
into helping these these patients and then yeah i think honestly one of the biggest harms that have been done is the way that stem cells have kind of been oversold and people had this expectation that it was going to be right. a cure all and so you know obviously it didn't become this cure all immediately and everyone said oh they're garbage that's mm-hmm. not how it works. It's it's going to take a while and it's going to be kind of baby steps at first. So there's there's danger in kind of being too Pollyanna about it. You don't want to say this is going to fix everything. Right. You kind of look at the data at this point and say that there's good indication it's going to be really valuable in the future. That's great. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I, I do hope uh, in our lifetime, you know, in case I need them here uh, within the next, say, 20 years, that'd be great if you could figure that out, Mike. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you need some, you know, I can, uh, I was just about to ask you if I can, right. like, are you taking orders to get these, these rats that like have a jaw on the back or you should sell these things. You know how much yeah, like Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those running around. Yeah. Here's my pet rat named Tara Toma. Tara Toma. <laughs> Yo, people like these cats without hair. You ever see these uh, without fur? You've seen these cats. They're disgusting. Yeah. They're so they'd like these rats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they probably choked to death on the teeth <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> i'm not gonna google it this teratoma you stuff have to, you have to you're, google gonna, it. you're gonna eventually maybe eventually the yeah and it's gonna bite you with those freaking teeth oh my god that's terrible i wanted to ask you something um we were doing i was doing some research on 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 another topic and i saw that they were growing an ear Somebody was getting an ear transplant. They were growing an so, ear on a forehead or on an arm or, or somewhere on a skin. Right. Is, Those stories are misleading. You see like the mouse that has the ear on its back. Right. Yeah, it's, not, yep. it's not like growing an ear. It's, it's really they have a plasticized scaffold under the skin. So it's not like growing out of nowhere. It's just kind mm-hmm. of inserting and stretching the skin around the scaffold that looks like an ear. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Kind of That's definitely misleading because it definitely looks like just an ear grew out right of the back. Right, so it's like right. molding. Now, they put like a little mold underneath yeah. the skin, and then it grows and they, it forms they around stretch it. Stretch out the skin and basically put in a mold that the skin kind of grows around to make it look like you know what you need. <laughs> right, so it has sounds nothing to do brutal. with. Yeah, it sounds horrible. <laughs> That's just yeah. I mean, who cares the mouse, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I actually saw, saw it on somebody's forearm because I, yeah, I, I saw and the. You can do that with uh, people with facial issues. Mm-hmm. They'll sometimes put like a balloon under the forehead because it's really malleable there. And mm-hmm. they'll slowly inject it with saline to kind of stretch the skin out. And they can like harvest some skin and put it where the skin is missing and kind of sew that back up. Wow. That's weird. Jeez. That's... <laughs> but think about the doctor. Like think about these 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 geniuses that have to come – that think of these ideas. Like, all right, how are we going to get a new ear off the guy's forehead? This is what we're going to do. We're going to grow an ear on his forehead. Like, these guys are crazy. You guys must be, like, high all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You guys got to come up with these the weirdest ideas. I thank God you you guys do. I think it's it's more the fact that we're kind of alone for hours at a time staring at Petri dishes. (laughs) And you start to hallucinate. It's it's got to be it. Yeah. Natural acid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boredom and loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> Two staples in a in a scientist's uh, life, but it's yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, thank God you guys do. You guys think talk about thinking outside of the box. It's you 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 read some of these. I, I don't know procedures. You're like, how who thought of this? Who, uh, thank yeah, God some, you did. I mean, 
that's why we read these papers because a lot of them it's like how did they even come up with that idea there's some really clever people out there right. come out with really neat ways to approach things I'm, I'm really i really do and i know frank does we really appreciate what you and all the other scientists do really because without you guys there would be no hope at all <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> sure. dr mike yeah. That's the the one good thing, no matter what happens with politics or whatever, you can't kill curiosity. And as long as there's curiosity, there'll be scientists. That's fantastic. If it was up to people like me, we wouldn't have the wheel. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, just be walking everywhere. Yeah, if the caveman was around, we'd still be walking. <laughs> There'd be no wheels. There'd be nothing. You just pick the dumbest guy of the village and ride his back around. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it works. Why change what works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Low carbon footprint. <laughs> right. Leonardo well, DiCaprio Mike. would be awesome right there. He would love us. <laughs> anyway. Dr. Mike, thank you for coming on to the Overrated Podcast with us uh, and dropping all this knowledge. This has been very in- informative. Much yeah, more than yeah, I got yeah, from no Google, problem. I believe. No problem. Yeah, I got one question to ask you, Dr. Mike. What's your favorite band? What's the favorite music you listen to while you're you're researching or you're doing your 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 uh, job basically? <laughs> I'm actually kind of a metalhead myself, so a metalhead. Uh, we're bands probably every time I die, I guess. Really? Okay. That's right. Uh, up I like metal. I yeah, I like metal. Go through that genre. Yeah. See that? That's nice. See, I can just picture you with your earbuds or whatever, and you're sitting there rocking out over dish. a petri dish. Yeah, yeah like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. headbanging. You know, you're, you're there late at night and scare all the janitors in the dark when you're, you know. <laughs> That's great. Sitting there playing with a teratoma, listening to metal. It's great. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There's That's nothing more metal than teratomas. You know, that that has to be a band name now, right? Yeah. Teratoma? teratoma? Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I'm going to be Googling that. <laughs> all right, Mike, thank you for coming on the show. Seriously, uh, it was awesome having you on. Yes, yeah, thank no you. Problem. Thank you very much, Mike. Man, we learned a lot in that interview from Mike. Dr. Yeah, Mike is awesome. He's so awesome. And uh, he's so smart. I mean, like, like I, I was being serious. Thank God for smart people out there because I can't even comprehend half the stuff they have to uh, not only do on an everyday basis, but retain. You know, like, yeah. I, I, I feel like once I learn something new, I forget something else. Like I'm Exactly. Really, I barely know how to tie my shoe anymore. And <laughs> these guys, you know, have to know everything. And thank God, man, seriously. Well, there's so much riding on what they know also. Like they have to, it's not just like us where, you know, in, in our particular fields where, yeah, you've learned some stuff. Right. Eh, I kind of forgot it, but I can get through it. I mean, these right. dudes have to be exact and precise. If not, they could, I mean, they could ruin someone. <laughs> they, they could literally yeah, inject yeah. somebody with tumors yeah. <laughs> and turn him into a monster, as I'm we found you. out. Teratonic. I have to Google teratoma, dude. If that, if I saw that thing on me, I would. That'd be it. Like no, just no, I'm it. not doing it. No, no. you guys. I, I know Google I come. Up, I come across it. like this tough guy. I'm a no. no. <laughs> I do not like. Seeing Yo, Frankie, that. tough guy. Huh. Frank the to- oh over here, huh? Frankie, tough guy. You got your teratoma. No. Sorry, that's the best East Coast I can do. That sounded sounded spot on, but uh, no, I can't. I can't mess with no teratomas. No, dude. Yeah, we like my my job is repetition. I don't have sure. to learn. Like, there's no journal, medical journal that comes out like, oh, this doctor or this technician over here found a new way of doing it, and they have to like 
ingest relearn. and relearn yeah. it. I, well, it's like what he was saying with uh, what he did when he was like what the what he was basically saying, like the molecular scissors that he yeah. used to use. He said it's not popular anymore. <laughs> so something that he used to <laughs> they got something better. Yeah, it's gone now. So now they got something else, you know. They got something better than molecular scissors. I mean, <laughs> what could be better? How, what can get the job done better yeah. than molecular scissors? You know, no, that, that was amazing. Yeah, my, my mind's a little bit blown right now. A little bit blown. Yes, that's uh, you could. Uh, my mind's always blown. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's very easy to blow my mind. But uh, no, especially Doctor Mike was was fantastic. I loved it. Loved it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I believe on the next show we're going to go in a totally different direction, which you're going to find that's uh, a trend with this uh, with this podcast. Yeah, we just go where we want to go, <laughs> wherever the hell we feel like. Wherever hey, man, that looks interesting. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, with that said, be sure to follow our podcast. It is at the Overrated Pod. You can find that on Twitter, and you can follow Frank at Dynasty Frank. All right. Until the next episode. Peace out. See ya. <laughs> 